Welcome to the Life Church St. Peter's Message of the Week. We hope you're encouraged by today's message and encounter God's heart through it. To find out more about us, visit lifechurchstpeters.com. This is my favorite part. This is what I've been waiting to do I don't, for many years. We have a, a very special speaker this morning. This guy, uh, he would probably tell you that I'm his best friend, which... Um, and he, he carries the word right here, and he carries light everywhere he goes. I'd like to invite Guy Medeiros up. Guy, I'm going to pray for you. Okay. Okay. Father, I thank, you for, I thank you for Guy, Father, and I thank you um, for the word that you put in his heart this morning. I thank you that anyone in this room that's wearing socks is about to get those blessed right off their feet, God. <laughs> Father, we just bless him in the name of Jesus. I thank you for open ears, Father, this morning and soft hearts. And uh, just thank you that everything that comes out of his mouth is from you, mixed with his greatness. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, it's Family Sunday. Stephen is my second best friend because I'm married. So kids are in with us today, right? So if they didn't get one, there's this great little worksheet back there. It's got like a word find with words they're going to hear today and something to color. So if they need to get that, they can get that. We're going to talk all eight. We're going to go up to 17 on that. We've got um, some things that they some questions for them during the meeting today. So if any of them want to come up front, they can. If you as a parent know that that's a safe thing to let them do. If they can see where they're from, no problem, right? So I did want to start out by saying, your kids are important at Life Church. Yeah. Stephen said it last week, I think, there is no junior Holy Spirit. The same spirit that Christ raised from the dead is in me. And if it's in that child, that's the same. Their understanding can be different, but not their power, not their salvation, not Holy Spirit's work through them. So... If you think about who watches our kids, right? Um, Roberta, Cece, Megan Estrada, Amanda Ayers, they watch the younger kids, and we just think, oh, they're back there just kind of keeping them, you know, occupied while we're doing what we're doing. And I promise you, if you know those ladies, you know that is not what is happening. They prepare. They pray into. They are, they have words from God for your children that they bring They think about ahead of time, and they find really creative ways to get that through. And then when our kids are a little older, Mike and Lauren, and Stephen and Heather, they are, I promise you, when Stephen is, he is thinking all week about what he's going to tell our middle schoolers on Sunday. He's got a cool thing right now. It's your hands, but it's God's reach, helping them understand God works through us. And he, he's, he's got that vision and he wants it in them and he wants them to know their identity. And Heather desperately wants them to know how much Jesus cares and how amazing it is to praise and worship. And then Luke and Olivia with the high schoolers and the Mowers. They're over there. I know because my kids get in the car and they're different than when I dropped them off. They understand who they are and how much God loves them. It is not nursery. It is not youth group. It is people that care a lot. Yes pouring into them in a way that I went to a good church when I was younger and it supersedes that just how much thought and care and attention and focus goes into that so I just want to commend them and before we get started so I'm I'm thankful father we just love you Um, we love that you love us 
And I just ask that today would go well and that those people that are uh, stewarding our children to understand you better and greater revelation, that you would bless their efforts, that you would give them favor, Father, that you would just be speaking so clearly to them about how to get through to us that it would just amaze them. Uh, We say you're a good God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I just wanted to shout out Joe and Bo's baby, Annalisa. I just want to say congratulations, dude. Good work. That's awesome. That is just amazing when that happens. I just wanted to also say, you know, today we're going to do what we do every Sunday. We're going to talk about God. And we're going to say, he's in a good mood. And he's not mad at you. No matter what you did. And he wants to bless you all the time. There's never a time when he's sitting up there like, come on. Never happens. He's in a good mood. Don't picture him solemn, right? Because the earth's being redeemed through the blood of his son. He's happy about that. He's in a good mood about that. Does everything go perfect according to our plan all the time? No. Is he okay with that? Yeah. He's in a good mood about you all the time. So we're going to talk about that. I also just wanted to say he's really blessing us here. There are new families that are joining us, Caleb and Kate. Hey, Chris and Melissa. It was good to see you guys at the, the thing on Friday night. Um, just, he's bringing people in to our midst. And, it's, and, and the people that are here and have been here are really well set up to minister to them. And that just means we care about your children. Yes. We care about you. Yes. There's no group that's too closed. Come right in. No one's keeping you out. Okay, we want to get to know you better. So just as people are coming in, because we're going to, you'll see that in 22. We ain't all going to fit in this room by the end of 22. Okay, so when people come in, let's remind ourselves, like, I don't care if you've been here seven years or seven days. Like, anybody that comes in that door gets all of us. It's the whole thing. So just, we just want to say welcome and hopefully embarrassed you just enough to make you feel loved, but not to feel weird. If that's possible. Okay, so since it is Family Sunday, the kids are in with us. I have to start out with the joke. Dana asked me not to, sh- to tell. But here it is. How many New England Patriots does it take to screw in a light bulb? None. They're very comfortable living in the shadow of the Buffalo Bills. Boom. Boom. Jesus is the light of the world. (laughs) Jesus is the light of the world. That's what we're talking today. It's not light bulbs, but light. John 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. That light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. You'll never hear someone say, oh, that darkness put all those lights out. It doesn't happen that way. It doesn't work that way. Lights cast out darkness. Darkness can't put out light. It's not possible. Think about this. It can only get so dark. It's pitch black. It's totally dark. You hear that all the time. Turn the light all the way on. Eh, Maybe a little bit, but like, there's no end to that. 
light can just keep getting brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. The dark can only get so dark. It can't overcome the light, and the light never stops. It never has to. That's who he is, right? Think about why we need light. We don't need it when we're in bed. We don't need it when we're sitting around and watching TV. Why do we need it? We need it to light our way to where we want to go. That's what it's for, right? Street lights, headlights, flashlights, they all exist to light our way when we're going, when we have a place to go. So Jesus says, I am the light of the world. This is John 8, 12. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So what pathway is Jesus lighting up? Sometimes it's just like light feels good. No, light's to light something up, your way to something. So what is that? What did you say? Your life. Your life. That's good. Anyone else? Jesus, that's good. So Jesus is lighting the way to Jesus. That's a thing. Yeah, there he is. That's a smart kid right there. So he's lighting the way to the Father. Right? And if you think about the Father is life. What kind of life? Eternal life. So Jesus is Lighting our way to his father. That's his purpose. He said that a few times during his ministry. I'm here to light the way to the father. You can't find him without me. That's not possible. John 14 says, I am the way and the truth and the life. So that's him. No one comes to the father except through me. So even though he's the way and the truth and the life, His job is to get you to the Father because that's where eternal life is. That's where death is conquered. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus called us the light of the world. So he says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. And people don't light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Everyone in their sphere. Just like that, let your light shine for others that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father. So Jesus, what he's doing, right? We're little Christs or Christians. We're supposed to do the exact same thing. We're supposed to light the way to life, who is the Father. That's our job. In order to do that, we have to become more than we are. We, are. we have to become a new creation, like it says in 2 Corinthians 5. Anyone who belongs to Christ is a new creation. The past is forgotten. Everything is new. God's done it all. He sent Christ to make peace between himself and us, and he's given us the work of making peace between himself and others. That's our job as new creations. That's Why we were made new creations is for that. It's right there in 2 Corinthians. And then how does it happen? How do we become something different? How do we become a new creation that belongs to Jesus? Romans 10 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
you will be turned into a new creation. It's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. So that's how you become light. When you do that, I believe it, and you confess it, you're a light. And that light's there for a purpose. We're supposed to shine a light on what he's done for us. That's testimony. I'm testifying about what happened to me. See that? You should go over there. And that is what Rick was talking about. Our abundance, how good he's treated us, leads us to compassion for others. This is a gospel of others first. Remember how he says dead to self? People say alive for God. That's not wrong. But when you're dead to self, you're alive to show people the Father. You're actually alive to others to show them the way to the Father. If you're alive for the Father, same thing. He's going to be like, hey, show them, right? It doesn't matter how you look at it. I'm not wrong. You're dead to self so you can be alive to others so you can show them the way to the Father. And people need that light. There are people out there violently against Jesus while they're still looking for something or someone to fill the darkness. And they won't find it if all they see is a God who wants to take away their freedom. If you don't see it as light and you don't see that as love and life, why would you want to go that way? And we're supposed to tell him who he is. Right? And if we talk about how he feels about people, that's going to go well for them. That's good for them because he's in a good mood. Okay? If you're a student and you're in grade school or below preschool, do you know what this is? Somebody just shout it out. What is this? A prism. A prism. Okay, what do prisms do? What happens when you shine a light into a prism? It refracts. That's good. What is that? That's a fancy word. Spreads out the colors, all right? So, okay, we got a picture, I think. White light goes in, and it breaks down into those different bandwidths so we can see that visible light. It's breaking it down into other bandwidths that we can't see, too, ultraviolet and all, you know, the whole spectrum that our eyes can't see. But, but it's doing that. <clears throat> so Jesus' light shines into us, and when he shines his light, into his church, all of his new creations split it into all sorts of colors. Sometimes we call them denominations. Sometimes we call them this personality versus that, this philosophy versus that one. It doesn't matter how we say that. They're all shining Jesus' light into a dark world. And they're doing it the way they're supposed to do it. So we, we could just be that way the people who like red best are attracted to red and people who like blue will gravitate towards blue and that's cool anybody that comes into the light that's a good thing no color is better than another color they're all doing the exact same thing they're lighting up the darkness they're shining the light of Jesus on the world to light the way to the father Jesus doesn't have a favorite color 
He doesn't care how right one color it is and how wrong another color is because he's like, just show the light, guys. My ways are higher than your ways. You ain't going to catch up with me anyway. That's good. That's a really good way of putting it. He said all colors are equal. Thank you. And he loves them all the same because they're doing what he created them to do. They don't, the colors of the rainbow don't fight each other. They don't argue over which one's the true light. They just do what they do and make the world a more beautiful place to live. Light is light, no matter the color. And any light makes darkness run. I don't think Jesus is lazy with his analogies. When he says, I'm the light of the world and this stuff happens, remember, he created that too (laughs) for it to work that way. Okay, I'm going to ask the kids another question. This time we can go up to middle school. What is the name for the process plants use to turn light energy into chemical energy that helps them turn? Did I hear it? Who said it? One more time. Photosynthesis. Excellent, excellent. We got a prize for you at the end. And you might not know this, but it accounts for over 98% of the Earth's oxygen comes from that process that plants do. The air we breathe comes from the light. And just like plants, when we blend the earthly resources God gave us with the light we get from the sun, we produce things that the world needs in order to survive. Think about this. God started in the Garden of Eden, right? This oxygen, this breath thing. In Genesis 2-7, it said, The Lord God took a handful of soil and made a man. God breathed life into the man, and the man started breathing. Jesus restarted it in a different way when he went back to heaven, right? He says in John 20, After Jesus had greeted them again, he said, I'm sending you just as the Father had sent me. Then he did a really funny thing and he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, shine the light, they will be forgiven. But if you don't forgive their sins, they will not be forgiven. The Holy Spirit is our photosynthesis. He turns the light that Jesus shines on us into what the world needs. He turns those resources God gave us into fruit for others. Galatians 5 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So that table Rick was talking about, that table of abundance, that's what's on it. Fruit that was made by the photosynthesis of the Holy Spirit, right? That's what we have to offer. That's one of the ways we shine light. We get frustration from others. We give them patience. We get anger from others. We give them back joy. We can take from that table, right? It's open to us. It's not open to other people like it's open to us. We're, it's our job. We're the plants. We're the photosynthesis one. Take it off the table. Give it to where there is no table. Beautiful. The light shining in us and the Holy Spirit enables that to happen in ways we couldn't do that by ourselves. 
The world needs him really bad, if you haven't noticed. And we can produce them. So I would like to have all of the kids school age, so like kindergarten through fifth grade. If you can, you're going you're gonna to take a little break to help us do something. So if you could stand up and head back to those doors, it would be good. It won't take long, and the same number that went out will come back in. I'm sure of it. <laughs> So I didn't, I mean, and if you're, if you're a little over fifth grade and you want to go and see what it's all about, it's not going to bother me. Just like when you're, when you're with your parents and it's kids eat free up to 12. So you're 13, 14, you just, you just go. Okay, one more question for students, right? Let's go to that next slide. I hope it's here. Okay, what's the significance of this speed limit? Who can tell me? Who said that? It's the speed of light. That's right, the speed of light. So why is the speed of light so important? It's what we call a universal constant. Why is a universal constant so important? The speed of light in a vacuum is the most reliable constant in our universe. If you know Planck's constant, Planck's, why did I say that? Planck's constant actually involves a photon, so it comes from light too. So if we want to argue, we can do that afterwards and you'll win. <laughs> I couldn't even say it. <laughs> the point is, if any kind of math or science discipline, anyone you're in, you have to have a constant. Let's look at that next. You'll, you'll recognize this one. E equals mc squared. The constant in there is the speed of light. Everything else in there is variable. It has to be relative to something. It has to be relative to something that does not change. Without it, we can't solve problems and we can't know things for sure. Things we think of as constant, like seconds, hours, days, inches, feet, meters, they don't really matter without a constant that they're attached to, right? Even those are relative. So just like the speed of light in a vacuum, again, not a lazy analogy by Jesus, Jesus does not change. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, he is more dependable than the speed of light in a vacuum. He does not change. So we get to measure everything against him. And going back to our first verse, Jesus and the Word of God are and have always been the same. Jesus is the Word. Jesus doesn't change. The Word doesn't change. Jesus is constant means all the relative things that were served up to us, we get to measure them against the Word of God that does not change. And that is our job to do, right? John 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all that stuff was made. Without Him, nothing was made. In Him is life. That life is the light of all mankind, whether they recognize it or not. We all breathe oxygen. Everybody needs that light. That light is life. It shines in a darkness 
and the darkness has not overcome it. Darkness can't put light out. So no matter how much things around us change, Jesus doesn't. He's the constant. And since we're, we are the light of the world too, we don't get to change our ideas about right and wrong when things around us change. It's not up to us. It's not up to our reason. It's not up to our logic. It's not up to pressure. It's not up to culture. It's not up to anything. If it does not match up with the word of God, that constant, it is not truth. So it's how we, we don't speak, right? What we show is we show love and compassion and kindness, but we do not call something that doesn't measure up to the constant as if it does. Compassion, compassion, compassion. Uh, nope, that's a constant, sorry. We measure things against the constant of the word. It will always help us solve problems and measure things correctly. Remember, without it, there's no way of telling up from down, left from right, right from wrong. It's not possible without a constant. But my favorite part about light is that it rules the darkness. So we're going to do a little thing. We're going to bring the lights down, right? We're going to have a little illustration. So when light is here, darkness has to flee. John 1, 5 said, his light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So no matter how much darkness is around us, we'll take them all the way down. You're in your seat, right? Holding on. No matter how much is around us, even a little bit of light is noticeable. And darkness can't spread. Because it's the absence of light, it can't spread. Light can spread. There is no end to how far light can spread. And when light spreads, all that happens is it overcomes more and more and more darkness. More darkness has to flee when light comes in. It doesn't work the other way around, right? Jesus' light is in the world. That means the light will spread. The darkness won't overcome it. It can't get dark enough. So when you start to worry about the darkness, just think how ridiculous it is. Remember this here. Can the darkness put out these lights around us? Is it possible? Can it make them stop? It's not possible. But the light can put out the darkness. And the more it spreads, the more we get to see. And it can spread through kids. Who believes me when I say that faith like a child is easier to have when you are a child? Your mind is open. You're listening. You haven't figured everything out yet. Right? And this came out in prayer this morning. Is It's like the amplification the multiplying effect of who we are and what we do for Jesus, letting our light shine. Isn't it beautiful when they're all different colors too? I mean, it'd be cool if they were all blue, but I kind of like it that they're all different colors. That makes it more fun to me. I think it would be more, man, that's cool. I wish you guys could see it from up here because it's really neat. That's really cool. If somebody has a phone, come up here and take a picture before the lights come back up because this is just really neat. Actually, we do the rest of it 
Uh, he, okay, so we got to finish it on out in dark. The only problem with that is I, uh, I can't read my notes. But other than Tom, that, your flash is on. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. All right, we can bring the lights back up because I am 46 and I need it. That's right. Matthew 5 says, you're the light of the world. A town built on a hill can't be hidden. People don't light a lamp to put them under a bowl. They put them on stands and it gives light to everyone. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. When our light shines, it lights up the darkest of dark. There's no dark dark enough to where one of those won't light it. It's not possible. And when people see it, they're drawn to it, especially when there's all different colors of it. And when we tell them where it comes from, they can find that, right? When they can find it, the light grows and the darkness has to retreat even more. Yes. And pretty soon, the sheer amount of lights will light up the darkest of dark and everyone will be able to see the way to the Father. That's what the Word of God talks about. At some point, everyone will be able to see the way. The light will keep spreading until that happens. So if you haven't found the light yet, and you do not have a constant in your life, Jesus is here today. He's got plenty of light. He wants to shine it on you and make you a new creation, right? So you have a constant. There's something to point people to. Nothing else satisfies. Everyone out there is looking for something that will, and they haven't found it yet. That's why they have to keep making new things. Nothing else satisfies except the one who created you. And even that darkness inside it, only one thing can light it up. It's not a new car. It's not a new house. It's not self-enlightenment. It's not politics. Only one thing can light it up. So if, yeah, if you haven't done that, we're going to invite you in just a second. You can come up here. We have people that will help and they'll pray with you and say, this is what it looks like to get lit up. This is what it looks like to let that light shine, right? And they'll just walk you right through it. And when you feel it, it changes you. You will become a new creation. You'll get what I've been talking about all day. So we're going to stop for just a second and we're going to have Tom and Randy who lead this church. We're going to release them to go back out into the lobby. That way, anybody that's new or has questions for them or just wants to talk to them, you can stop. As soon as you go out of those double doors to the right, they'll be right there and they want to talk to you. They're not trying to avoid you. They want to talk to you. They're not scared of hard questions. They're not going to judge you. They've heard worse. And then also, if you're not going to talk to them, right when you go straight out, there's a black table in front of you. If you've given to what we do here all year, there's a, a tax statement there for you. It's in an envelope. Just look for the one with your name. You only get to open the one with your name. All the rest of them you leave closed. But please get that before you leave, okay? That would be huge. And then also, for the students, thank you for helping us with your lights. On your way out, uh, you can grab a, a nice little treat. We got hot cocoa bombs made by... Thanks for checking out the Life Church St. Peter's Message of the Week. For more podcasts and additional information, 
visit us at lifechurchstpeters.com. <laughs>